I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. I am so excited that today you are going to get to hear my conversation with Rachel Rogers. Now, Rachel is a faith-focused business mentor on a mission to help Christian entrepreneurs increase their kingdom impact through their businesses. And I just, I love this conversation because it was so real. It was so authentic and so relatable and really just coming from this place of passion that Rachel has for empowering women to build businesses that truly serve and honor God. Um, You know, we talked a lot about how entrepreneurs and network marketers can sometimes receive a bad reputation and what it means to change that, to create a business that is aligned with your values, that is more servant-hearted, and that doesn't contribute to the business bruises that a lot of women are maybe experiencing as a result of negative business experiences. I love Rachel's expertise on this topic. I love the honesty with which she shares her own entrepreneur journey with us. And we even talked about some hot topics Topics, like some of the misconceptions that Christians may believe about success and wealth and abundance. Um, I have a feeling that whether you are already an entrepreneur or someone who's considering becoming an entrepreneur or maybe even someone who's been turned off from entrepreneurship, I have a feeling that this episode is going to be encouraging and inspiring. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a review in iTunes for the podcast. This helps more moms find the show and also take a screenshot and tag me and Rachel in your Insta story so that we can know what you took away from this episode and so you can share it with your friends and they can be inspired too. Okay, without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the podcast. How's your day going? Hey, it's been good. A little bit crazy so far this morning, but I think that I think it'll be a good rest of our day. I think so too. And I'm really excited about our chat. Um, I I feel like I want to tell the listeners how we even became acquainted because it's just, I don't know, it just excites me that I've even become connected with you. I've been following you um, and honestly learning from you in a way, just from being in your group Mm. and just watching your social media presence and the work that you're doing. Um, But yeah, so you and I, Rachel, we both are working with the same business coach, Kristen, and she is phenomenal. Um, So we've had the privilege of being on some group calls together. And like I said, it's just been really fun, like seeing, you know, the work that you're doing, hearing, you know, what you're kind of navigating through business wise, how you're even you know, how you've pivoted even. Um, mm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I get so excited just connecting with other fellow mom entrepreneurs who have a heart for the Lord. Um, mm. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about the work that you do so that they can, you know, just know the ins and outs of, of who Rachel is and what she does? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a faith-focused business mentor. And really my mission is to help Christian women increase their kingdom impact, by identifying who they are in Christ, first and foremost. I think that a lot of times in coaching, the deepest level that people will take their students is mindset. But what I feel like God showed me is that even below mindset is our identity. And um, 
what we believe about ourselves is shaped by who we believe we are. And so I believe that identity is found in Christ. And especially as Christian women, obviously our identity is found in Christ. And I want to help women explore that even more so that they can learn to serve from their strengths and fully realize their God-given potential in business. Mm, I love all the things you are saying right now. <laughs> um and I'm wondering, like, what brought you here? What what led you to this point where you're now working with other entrepreneurs to have that kingdom impact, to have that, you know, that Christ-centered, faith-led business? Like, how did you even get to this point and decide, this is what my passion and my heart is? Yeah. Well, I've been in network marketing myself for over six years, and I started noticing some trends within the industry that seemed honestly very self-serving and they didn't align well with my own personal values. And so I really started asking God to show me a way to pioneer this new path, one that was servant hearted and spirit led. And at the end of 2019, God really began waking. He, I he started waking me up in the middle of the night, which was not so fun (laughs) at first. (laughs) I've got a one and a half year old daughter and she sleeps with us. And so it was just funny being woken up in the middle of the night, but I would just have these dreams and visions and God had a plan attached, which I am not typically a planner. So I knew that it was the Lord. But he started showing me a way that I couldn't, I didn't just change my own business that, you know, is a plan that wouldn't just change my own personal business or even my company, but could potentially change the industry as a whole. Um, And then he also led me to Kristen, our coach. And I tell her all the time, aside from marrying my husband and accepting Jesus as my savior, hiring her was one of the best decisions (laughs) I've ever made. I'm sure you can concur with that, right? I can. amazing. Yeah. And she really completely revolutionized my business and gave me a map to accomplish the dreams that were in my heart for both my personal business and the industry as a whole. I love that. Um, and it's so funny that you said that about Kristen, because honestly, like I, I feel the same way. Um, and I tell my husband all the time, like, I feel like I owe so much to her, like not in a negative mm. way, but just like, I have so much to be totally. thankful for. Totally. Um, so <laughs> Kristen might have some new clients after they listen to this interview. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's so interesting as you, as you're sharing your story, how, you realized at some point, like, okay, there's something off about the way people are handling this network marketing, the way that people are approaching it. And instead of deciding, okay, I'm done with this, instead of deciding to call it quits, you found a way, or I guess God showed you a way to Mm -hmm. align it back with your values and with, you know, what best suits you and you know and and what is more authentic and just more faith-led versus sales-led and being you know kind of kind of icky um you know which I think some women have had experience with I just love the fact that you didn't quit you know that that there was a pivot that you made instead um and I and I'm sure that it was a scary one to make at some point totally would you say that's true yeah oh absolutely yeah I mean it was very much it, it was very much one of those forks in the road, you know, one of that, one of those moments where you're just like, okay, I have two different directions to go. I knew that I loved my company and the products, um, and didn't want to jump to a different company, but I also knew that I absolutely refused to do business the way that I had done it myself for so many years and seen it done for so many years. You know, I think that the, the network marketing and direct sales industries for years have gotten this bad reputation for being a self 
serving industry with ulterior motives and agendas, you know? And so my mission was really, and, and honestly still is, to switch the focus from being income producing to impact producing, mm. where each of our, we each identify who we're meant to serve. We learn to serve those people well with no hidden agendas, no expectations, you know, I mean, cause that's what Christ modeled to us. And I just feel like I kind of had this aha moment of, wow, this really, even if you have really good intentions, the actions of sending cold messages and spamming your friends and family for sales or asking them to host parties or filling your social feed with product posts and testimonies and you know, we even have something in the industry called income producing activities. That's like a daily sheet of things that you do to produce income. And while I understand the thought process behind that, it just started to feel very self-serving to me. And God started saying, well, what if I showed you a way to increase your impact instead? And it's mm. just been incredible. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. Like you are yeah. impacting women. You are, you're basically empowering them to take marketing to a new level than what's being done these days. Um, and I just, I feel like that's, it's like a breath of fresh air, um, in comparison to what can be out there, you know, and what some women are finding on social media. Um, I know that as I'm watching, you know, the content that you put out and the work that you're doing, I am inspired and I'm feeling that pull to, you know, just share, share your heart, share your story, but it doesn't have to be icky, you know, like it can be authentic and aligned um, with your faith and, you know, with, with the truth and with your values. Um, I'd love to know, you know, as a Christian business owner, as a Christian entrepreneur, I feel like there are a lot of hot topics um, you mm-hmm. know, relating yeah. to success and wealth, like there's just a little bit of, um, I don't know, like a little bit of controversy, maybe I don't know if that's the right word, mm-hmm. but just there's some misbeliefs, there are some just some thoughts around owning a business as a Christian, you know, or even doing network marketing as a Christian. Um, I would just love to know, like, what you've noticed on, on that topic and how, how Christian business owners can maybe be set free from some of those misconceptions or the lies or the stereotypes that are affecting them or holding them back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I think the two biggest things that I see in coaching, so I I have my own network marketing business, but then I also coach other network marketers and entrepreneurs. And the two biggest obstacles that I see people facing is number one, money mindset as a Christian, um, not understanding biblical abundance. And then two, questioning whether or not their desires for success line up with God's will or God's purpose for their life. And I think I'll give you two examples. Um, 1 Timothy 6.10 talks about the love of money. And I think a lot of times Christians feel like money itself is the root of all evil. But the word is very clear that it's the love of money that leads to all kinds of evil. And if you study, I'm a word worm, so I love to do word studies. And the original meaning of the word love in that that verse is philogruia. Um, And it means, it can mean the love of having money, but it can also mean, this is so interesting, hoarding money or covetousness of a neighbor. And Mm. that can all happen whether you're rich or poor or have a lot or have a little by worldly standards, you know? So what God is actually addressing here with this verse about money is actually our heart posture toward it. You know, it's not money itself. It's our heart posture toward money and related to success. 
the best example that I have of this is that I think a lot of times people will read the story of like the rich young ruler, for instance, and they think that God doesn't want Christians to keep their possessions, but to give them all away and live this modest lifestyle because Jesus, the, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, you know, Hey, tell me about the kingdom of God. And Jesus starts to talk to him and then he encourages him, go and give, not don't sell, but give all of your possessions away to the poor. And the rich young ruler walks away super discouraged and people, Christians will read that and think, see, Jesus wants us to give away everything. He doesn't want us to keep stuff. But what's interesting is that if you look at Solomon, who many Bible scholars believe that Solomon in today's world would have been a trillionaire. That is mind blowing to me. And God never told him to give away his possessions. He actually mm. was one of the wisest and richest men to ever walk the, the, the face of the earth, you know, but his heart was obviously in a different position, you know? And so I think that ultimately it's important for us to number one, understand that our heart, heart posture toward money is what matters most toward the Lord. And that money, I believe, magnifies who you already are. So if you are already a generous person, you're going to be more generous. It's not going to turn you into a monster, you know? Um, and understanding that, that we serve the God who wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine, you know, we serve the God of more than enough and the desire for success. Um, I did a, an entire study on this in my free community group where we talked about, um, delighting connects desires and the verse that talks about, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, God told me you will desire with whatever you're delighting in. And he was saying to me in that it's when you delight in me, our desires align. So what you want when you're, when you're truly finding your joy in me, you don't have to worry whether or not your desires are my desires because they're going to become one because we're delighting in one another. And I just thought that was so mind blowing, you know, like this is amazing God that we can truly just find joy in you and our hearts desires connect. Mm, I love that. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about the listeners right now who, they, they have that earnest desire to, you know, find joy in the Lord, to find that, you know, that satisfaction, to have that connection where they're being led by him even in their business mm -hmm. and in their decisions. But I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the women who maybe feel like God isn't leading them or God mm -hmm. isn't speaking to them. And I'm wondering if you could maybe speak some encouragement or wisdom to that. Um, just because I know that I've been in seasons where I've kind of been wondering, okay, God, like, what is it that you're doing? You know, I want to, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to do what pleases you. I want to find joy in you, but I still am kind of waiting for that confirmation, maybe even to my own detriment. Like I'm just waiting yeah. and waiting. I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that and how you might encourage a listener. Yeah, goodness. I, I really think that there are are three key things to discerning the voice of God. And it, it's so crucial that we hear God in our businesses as Christian entrepreneurs, because he, we're going to hear a lot of voices. You know, we're going to have voices in the industry. We're going to have voices of our leaders, voices of our, our peers, um, and even our own voice in our heads comparing. And oh, there's just so much that can kind of muddy the waters in our minds. And I feel like God has shown me three key things. One of them is to look for him in everything, literally everything. Ask him, reveal yourself to me throughout my day. Let me, 
let me see you in a hug or a kiss from my kiddo, you know, um, Mm. let me see you in a sunset or a sunrise and just know that you're, you're near me, but literally to look for God in everything. Number two is realizing that repetition is an invitation. So when you are seeing things repeatedly, if you are hearing things repeatedly, if you are seeing a symbol, if you're um, looking at the clock at the same number or the same time every single day, and you're just thinking, this is so weird. I see this number or I see this time or I see this symbol everywhere. Most often that is actually an invitation from the Lord to come to him and ask for revelation about it. And then just asking him for heightened awareness and how he's speaking to you. Um, in my masterclass, I have a masterclass called Expressions of Heaven, and we talk about this in detail, how God does not always speak with a voice or with words. There are so many different ways that the Lord spoke in the Bible. Sometimes it was a hand showing up out of nowhere, not an arm, not a full body. There was just a hand that started writing a message on the wall. And then he opened the mouth of a donkey at one point. And so (laughs) we really shouldn't be shocked that God doesn't always speak through a voice or with words. And I think that Christians can get discouraged if they, if they're they're like, I don't hear God. Well, he may not speak to you through words or with sound or even like to your heart. I mean, for me, it's definitely not an audible voice. It's just like more of a voice in my heart. Um, but he can speak through feelings. He can speak through just knowledge or wisdom. Like you just know something and you don't understand why you know it. Um, And he can even speak through signs and visions and dreams and things like that. And so understanding that I think a lot of times we try to put God in a box and think, well, if I don't hear him audibly or hear this voice in my heart, then I don't hear God at all. But that could not be further from the truth. He has a unique love language with each and every one of us. I love that. Thank you for speaking to that. Um, It's kind of funny because it reminds me of before I started my podcast um, a little over two and a half years ago, I remember like praying really fervently for months on end, like, God, do you want me to do this? I I was so nervous because Mm -hmm. I had been down the path of seeking attention, wanting glory, wanting to be in the spotlight. And I knew that I didn't want to be that way with this, you know, if I really were to pursue this podcast venture. Um, And I, I remember like, I kept thinking the words like, soul care for the new mom. Like I would love to just have a podcast called soul care. And there was one day where I was driving and I was praying and I was like, okay, I'm so sick of just waiting and waiting and praying and praying. And God is not confirming or denying like, God, I just need to know, like, I'm only going to ask you one more time and you know, I'm just going to do it whether or not I hear from you, but it would be really Mm -hmm. nice if you could confirm this, you know, like that was my secret. (laughs) And I remember saying that and I turned on a podcast that I just, you know, I just picked out of the blue from my queue and the whole podcast was on the topic of soul care. And I had no idea that it would be using those words, that it would Mm. be on that topic. And I just, I, I remember like, like I almost like felt like I needed to pull over for a second because I was Mm -hmm. still processing it. And I remember then hearing God speak to me. Jesse, like you're so afraid that if you do this, you're going to lose your soul. But I promise you, if you believe and obey me and do this, I will take care of your soul. I will bless Mm. it. And it was just Mm. a very humbling experience for me and made me question, like, why do we wait so long for that, you know, perfect confirmation? What if part of him nurturing us and leading us is us just taking those first steps? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so that that's just a little side note. Um, and just you know the things that you're encouraging us with. I mean, I resonate with that. You know, I really yeah. do. Um, so so let's switch gears and talk about some practical things that Christian entrepreneurs, the listeners who you know are listening to this today, what can they do if they realize that they're in a place where maybe they have a business or they are a network marketer? What can they do if they realize? this does not feel right. The way I'm going about this does not feel genuine. It's not aligned with, you know, what I feel is right. You know, it just feels kind of weird to me. I feel like I'm too salesy. What might be some good first steps for them to break out of that mode? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that the first step is really identifying who you're meant to serve um, and learning to serve those people well. And the way that the, there's a a deeper formula to this, but the quick way is to sit down and write down, what are you interested in? You know, I think that a lot of times as moms, we tend to lose ourselves in motherhood because we are constantly pouring out into other little tiny humans, you know, and we can lose ourselves sometimes. And so sitting down and just getting back to the root of who you are, what you're interested in, what you enjoy doing, and then writing down what your, what your strengths are, what your gifts are, um, even what your spiritual gifts are and writing down, okay, what ways could I serve in this way to people, whether it lines up with your product or not. I tell people this all the time in my coaching that your product truly doesn't necessarily matter as long as you know who you're meant to serve and you serve those people well. It's the reason that we follow influencers on Instagram and they post a swipe up link. Maybe we're following them because they're funny. And then they post a swipe up link for a pair of tennis shoes. And we're totally like, I'm going to swipe up on that because I want to know what shoe she's wearing, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing. So you're building, if you can, if you can take your interests, strengths, and gifts, learn to serve from that place. And you build something called the no like trust factor. So you you let people get to know you. You're raw. You're vulnerable. You're open. Um, and then you build this likability. And you do that by serving them. And then you ultimately they're going to get to a place where they trust you enough to want to do business with you. Some of them, not everyone, but some of them, the people that are aligned well with you, are going to come to you and say, okay tell me about this product that you have. Tell me about this service that you have. I think it might be a good fit for me. And, um, you know, I think that ultimately that was the, the shift that I had to make for myself was realizing this has been too much of this has been a focus on me, my promotions, my paychecks. And I'm just tired of that. You know, I really, I got into this because I love serving people and I want to get back to that. And so God started showing me ways that I could do that in this season. And so I think that's a really good starting place. Mm, I like that. I definitely like that. Um, what about for, this might be a funny question, but like, what about DMs? Um, Cause you know, there's like that trope of like, I'm going to slide into oh, your DMs with yes. that. Hey girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. like what might be a better approach then? What would you maybe recommend to a marketer or to a business owner who maybe doesn't have the best message strategy right now? Oh, gracious. Well, I, I have, a mission to remove the Hey Girl movement. Like I just, it makes me cringe. It really does. And I think that part of that is that I'm in the network marketing industry. And when I get a message like that from someone, it immediately makes me feel Mm. like all they're after is a sale. 
Mm-hmm. Whether their motives are good or not, the intention is not clearly seen um, whenever you slide into somebody's DMs uninvited and unannounced. And so what I teach people is, is when you serve well, when you identify who you're meant to serve and you serve those people well, you are doing something called the audience attraction method. So you don't have to DM people. You can, you can message your warm market and um, what I actually encourage people to do, let's say you're, you're starting off, you're brand new, or you're, you're just shifting in this new direction. You can go to your warm market, which would be your closest circle, people who already know you, like you, and trust you. And you can go to them and just simply ask for support. You don't need to ask them to buy. Simply ask them to like or comment. If they see a post, you can just let them know like, hey, I'm going to be switching gears a little bit and I'm going to be doing a lot of like servant hearted spirit led, um, posts on my social media feeds. And I would just love your support. If you see a post from me, could you just simply like it or comment on it? Um, and that would just, it helps boost the algorithm first of all, Mm -hmm. um, whenever there are comments and likes, but it also just helps to keep people engaged and it boosts those feeds, um, for the eyes of other people. And you're not asking your warm market to come and try your product or your service. You're just simply asking them to lovingly support you. Um, you know, if I had a friend do that with me, I would say, absolutely. I would love to do that. You know, I, I totally want to support you. And, um, and then just serving from that place, and serving from that, that place of your strengths and really giving to people. And then whenever you just pepper in your products for, for me, I am in a lifestyle product. It's a vitamin supplement business. And, um, I tell my team and other entrepreneurs within my industry, um, that are, that are sharing lifestyle products to just pepper in your product as part of your day-to-day lifestyle. You do not need to throw it out there and be like, come and buy my product. You know, it's no different than walking through the middle of the mall. And one of those people in the the little center kiosks jumping in front of you saying, do you want to try this perfume sample? You know, let me spray your (laughs) neck right now, right here, you know, and they kind of like chase you down. That is essentially what you're doing. Um, on social media these days, whenever you just throw up a testimony of somebody that you don't actually know personally or haven't helped personally, or if you just throw up a product post and it's just like, here's my product and this is what it does. You can come and you should come and buy it today. You know, that feels very salesy and spammy. And so whenever you serve instead and you add value to people from the areas of your strengths and gifts, people are going to be drawn to you and they are naturally going to come to you. So you don't have to be the spammy, Hey girl, girl, you know, you don't Mm. have to send those messages. You don't have to slide in DMS uninvited or unannounced. People will come to you, which is really actually fun. You know, it makes business a lot more fun whenever you have people interested coming to you instead of you having to chase people down. Yes. And business can be fun. Like, I think that's like, that's something that I just, I wish I could shout from the rooftop. Like it really can be fun. I mean, I know mm-hmm. when I first started life coaching, I had a lot of anxiety about like, how am I going to get clients? You know, how am I going to convince them that this program is right for them? And I spent so much time worrying about how to chase And I needed to learn instead what it meant to truly serve and attract. 
And it changed so much for me. I mean, now, you know, doing, you know, getting on consult calls or having conversations with women about my program, it just feels like a natural conversation. Um, It just, it feels, it feels light. It doesn't feel as heavy as it once did. And, and I know that that's, that's what you're offering women as well through, you know, your coaching and through the work that you're doing. It really is about like making things lighter and more Mm -hmm. just authentic and fun again. Um, I'm wondering what what would you maybe want to say to a mom who's listening today who has maybe been in a network marketing um, job or has maybe, you know, just done, done something in the business sphere in that way and is kind of still healing from some, I think you call them business bruises. Um, mm-hmm. Like what, what kind of encouragement could you maybe offer her? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. So business bruises really come from a negative or even sometimes traumatic experiences in business. And those experiences tend to shape how we then behave in business, uh, what we believe we're capable of, and ultimately who we believe we are in business. And so the best way to heal those wounds, I believe, is to solidify your source of truth. Um, Who are you going to get into agreement with? Are you going to agree with your past experiences and let them dictate what your future could or should look like? Or would you let God come in and say, this is what I see. I think this is something that I ask my girls a lot. Would you, would God say the, the, the things to you that you are saying to yourself about your business or about yourself in your business? Mm-hmm. If not, then you've got to hear what he has to say And repeat those things to yourself until they are embedded in your heart as a belief. Hebrews 11.1 is one of my favorite verses in the Amplified Bible. It says, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So in other words, faith has the ability to shift our beliefs from being experience-based to a place where they become identity-based. And that's really, you know, to heal from those business bruises, you have to get down to who am I really? Does this bruise get to dictate to me what I'm going to be in my future? Or am I going to heal from this and let God tell me who I am and let God tell me what I'm capable of? And then I'm going to behave. I'm going to show up differently, right? You're going to show up in your business differently when you let God heal those wounds. And then ultimately that changes your business environment. And you start to see really positive shifts whenever it comes from a place of identity rather than experience. Mm, that that is really good wisdom. Um, because I just know that there are there are lots of women out there who are you're right, like the things that they've experienced as a result of being in this business is really messing with their ability to keep moving forward in a healthy way yeah. with their business. Yeah. Um so okay, so I, I have uh, I kind of want to switch gears for a second because you know you mentioned you have a toddler. I'm a mom yes. of toddlers as well. Can we talk yes. about what it's like to grow a business while also having little ones? <laughs> because Ooh, yes. I feel like it's quite an adventure. It is. It is for sure. I think the biggest thing that I, the biggest change for me was scheduling my work time and sticking to it. So what worked for me, and this may not work for everyone, was getting up two to three hours before my daughter does to hammer out some solid work hours. And then whenever she wakes up, that is her time with me. And then she goes back down for an afternoon nap. 
and I'll get more work done during that time. Sometimes I take that time to fill my cup back up. I will binge watch a TV show and eat a bowl of ice cream and just kind of like fill my cup back up and do something that's fun for me. And then I spend my evenings with her um, and, and just kind of like, I really kind of structure my work day around her because she's my priority. I'm a mama first, you know, and I want to always model that for her. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's, that's the biggest thing, um, that, that I feel like a mama can do is figure out what pockets of your day. Typically it's going to be when your kiddos are sleeping, um, that you could work. If you have the ability to hire help, then hire some help, you know, and give yourself permission to do that. That was a really, really big step for me. Whenever we started coaching with Kristen was that I, I felt like I needed help during the middle of the day, just for a couple of hours to free me up and, um, help with the house even to help me focus on my business. And I felt guilty because I think, you know, sometimes as moms, we feel like we've got to be super mom. We've got to do all the things and be all the things for all the people. And, um, I really felt like God was saying, Rachel, I have called you in this season to serve these women in business And it is totally okay for you to invite someone else into your home to love on your baby. That's just going to give her another person to love on her. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be a couple hours a day, a couple days a week. And then you still get to be with her the majority of the time, but it frees you up to serve the people that I've called you to serve. And so those were the two biggest changes for me. Mm, Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned like, how there can be a little bit of a struggle internally of should I have outside help? Should I have childcare? Yeah. And I remember yeah. feeling that way when we um, enrolled our, our two girls, they're three and two. We enrolled them in like a little preschool a couple mornings a week back in January. And I remember like prior to making that decision, I had a lot of guilt of, okay, yeah. so does this mean I'm not a stay at home mom anymore? You know, or does right. this mean that I'm yeah. not, I'm not a homeschooling mom anymore? Because ultimately my dream still is for our girls to be homeschooled. Uh, now, yeah. whether or not they'll be homeschooled by me or by my husband, you know, we're kind of, yeah. you know, switching, switching thoughts there um, as far as what the future might look like. But it, it was a real shift for me mentally to come to this conclusion of, if this is what it means for me to be the best mom I can be, then who cares? You know, who cares right. if it fits the mold of what you imagined when you first became a mom? The tr- truth is you're not that mom and you have new dreams and, you know, God has laid something new on your heart and it doesn't yeah. diminish your role as a mom. It just slightly changes what it looks like. Right. Um, exactly. So just thank you. Yeah. Thank you for speaking to that because, you know, it, it is something that I believe a lot of moms wrestle with but the way that you know you're just speaking so candidly about it and just saying hey you know like this if this is what works if this is what's best give yourself the freedom and the grace to give that to yourself um that's just that's so encouraging um okay so where can our listeners find you you know what 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 do you how can they become involved in your coaching tell them about your group like I just I want them to hear about it all (laughs) yeah absolutely so the best place would be to go to my website which is rachel-rogers.com and rachel is r-a-c-h-a-e-l and Rogers does not have a D. So it's R-O-G-E-R-S. And I have links to my Instagram, my personal Facebook. And then I also under the free tools tab on my website, um, have my link to my free faith-based community for entrepreneurs. That's a really wonderful place. It's called Impact Increase. And it is a faith-based community for entrepreneurs 
on my website, I also have the ability for you to become part of my paid membership group, which is um, under the, the members tab, become a member. So you can do that as well. Um, in there, I have my six-week coaching modules, my masterclass, and then I have two trainings per month. I do a group hot seat training in this group, and then I do a live, in-depth, intensive training once a month with those women. Um, so that's probably the best place. The, the website would be the best place to find me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak to my listeners. um, Just, you know, offer truth and wisdom and honestly, just some really much needed insight into how differently things can be when you are coming from a place of impact rather than income. I just think that's a huge mindset shift that probably a lot of women are needing to hear more of these days. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to be on.